Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down. And Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. Monday, January 29. We're back. National Puzzle Day. Me, Alex, Owen. A link has been sent out to Tony, but honestly, since he texted me Josh Reynolds to Boston Pizza, he's been MIA, and I can't say I blame him because that was one of the worst losses I've ever seen. And speaking of puzzle, no Adam. Can we decipher this puzzle? Yep, definitely a missing piece of the puzzle today. (laughs) Raw. Can Owen make a puzzle comment to round it to three puzzle references to Adam's departure? Yeah, it's a, certainly a missing piece here. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you just retweeted Alex, guy. That's okay, though. I would have well, said that's, that's Is there more puzzle stuff to say? I was what? hoping that you could dig deep and pull something. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I, I thought maybe you had yeah, the, yeah, the stuck to the same place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll try and fit together today. <laughs> Oh, that was a good one. That Let's try to pick up the pieces. There yep, we go. Yep, now, yep, we're, yep, now, now we're cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stay on the bench. I'm just, I'm not ready to check in with a puzzle reference after my first one. But Adam isn't here. He did send me, this is the exact exchange. Pod is looking heat. That was at 635. So about two hours ago. He said, yeah, I kind of forgot to tell you. And I said, like, it's championship Sunday. We were going to have you pick the movie and then he just responded with this gif. I'm not sure what it is. It's a woman sweating under the sunlight. And then that was the well, end of the conversation. What's the worst what's the gif I think I've ever seen in my life? <laughs> Maybe he's tired. I don't know what that means, though. He I did have brunch tired. today with his significant other. Yeah. Maybe that tuckered him out? <laughs> I don't know. I, Tony said there was clash tonight. Oh, that's... Which for those who aren't who aren't uh, initiated on, on league terms like I am, it's a big league event that happens on Saturdays. And so I guess Sundays from time to time. Well, and that's got to be what it is. Knowledge. That's got to be what yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm not one to speak. I mean, I was in the Vancouver airport last year during the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, that was... On the way to the, sat- the sat- But still, though. <laughs> yeah, but still. But still. It's all good. We don't worry about it. We're we're not going to do a midweek show this week. We're going to instead get on the once a week schedule. And Alex did select a movie for this upcoming week, which is going to be the pride of the off season is doing the movie. So what movie did you pick? Tell Owen. Well, I thought since, um, since it's kind of Oscars season, I thought it was only right to pick a movie that's been getting some Oscars hype and stuff. Um, so it's been on a lot of TikTok videos and everything. So um, I decided to pick Anatomy of a Fall. I uh, I was brushing up on some of these movies that I think didn't get like a lot of, I guess, theatrical hype as like Oppenheimer and Barbie and Killers of the Flower Moon did. Um, so this one kind of stood out to me. I watched the trailer and everything, and it looks quite interesting. So um, I think we're going to give that a go then uh, this week. I'm pretty excited about it. Me too. There's a, there's a lot we got to check up on. I think it's till the end of the month. So maybe we could go on a run of Oscar movies. I, I would be down. Yeah, we should definitely do that, yeah. Little Oscar theme. Yeah. I think somehow Past Lives is one of the five or six movies Adam has in his watch list too. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got somehow it. just randomly made it's like a bunch of classics and then past lives. It's an excuse exclusive club that Adam's watch list. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But anyway, let's let's dive in. 
I liked the second championship game, and I'm not a Lions fan like Owen, who used the term we all week, so maybe he could cover this one. But I got to say, that is one of the most excruciating losses I think I've ever seen. When you combine in the all the plays that went against them and the Lions element where they always lose, and I just, that one really stung me, and I wasn't even really, you know, I, I, my heart goes out to all the Lions fans, I guess is the point. Well, credit to uh, Shanahan. You guys know I'm not a big 49ers guy, um, but credit to him because the whole narrative, I think, going into his career was he can't really play um, from behind, right? And this was a pretty big lead. Like, this was a 17-point lead going into the half, and uh, him coming back against the, the Lions was, I think, super impressive. But personally, sure, you can point to a lot of things where the Lions choked it, but I, I don't know. I don't really hate the them going for it on fourth. Um, I think, you know, that's Dan Campbell. Like, everyone's like... Dan Campbell went for it. It's like, well, yeah, we know. Like, I, I don't know why everyone was so surprised. And you know what? It didn't hit. It didn't hit. But um, I, I I, don't blame him. Like, you're up 17. You know, I, I guess, sure, you know, and it's like in hindsight, you're saying kick the field goal. But you're up 17. I think you trust your defense there to not give up uh, 14 points in two minutes. Because that's what it was. It was like five and a half minutes left in the third quarter. And by three minutes, um, they'd closed the gap um, to three points. So... Um, I, I don't hate that play call. I think it was just like a, a series of unfortunate events, you know, right after Jameer Gibbs uh, fumbles the ball. Like even I kind of felt a pit in my stomach there. And like Phil, I mean, I'm not even a Lions fan. Like I obviously was rooting for them to win, but I also felt like that pit in my stomach and I felt bad for Dan Campbell. Um, yeah. I, I don't really think this loss is on him at all. Sure. You, you, you want to close out that big of a lead against, against the Niners, but um, credit to them. I mean, their, their offense really turned on there in the in the second half. Um, and I, I don't know if if it was just me who kind of noticed this, but man, they couldn't catch anything. The Lions guys in the in the second yeah, half, 100%. like what the heck? They had Especially Butterfingers, Reynolds. Reynolds uh, I think Amonra had a couple drops, um, and I think Golf was hitting them pretty well. I, I don't want to really oh, put yeah. this loss on Golf at all. I think Golf was placing uh, the ball pretty well, and these receivers just couldn't make any plays, which was you know. It, it could have, I mean, a couple more first downs and we might be talking the Lions are going to the Super Bowl here. Like I, you know, so I I, I don't want to put too much flack on the Lions here. Even just the one drop Reynolds on that fourth down. I mean, I think that is, if you're to, to isolate a single play outside of maybe a, the fumble that had the biggest outcome on the impact of the game, it's that drop. The ball that hit Luminor's face to me was like the single biggest play of the game. That happens. Like, that's just unlucky. Like, uh, you know, he turns around and it hits him in the face. I remember, um, what was the play? I forget that guy's name on, on the 49ers. It was like two years ago, two, three years ago against the Rams. Oh, Tart. Um, Tart. Yeah, Jaquaski. Jaquaski. Yeah. Yep. You know, and th- that that's kind of that similar of a play, right? That You know what happens. So, um, yeah, that's tough, man. No, I'm 100% with Alex here. I couldn't believe that I turned on Twitter.com and the biggest narrative coming out of the game was, oh, Dan Campbell, what an idiot going for it on fourth down. It's like, Goff hit Reynolds on the numbers on that play. That that ball needs to be caught 10 times out of 10. 
Badgley is what, like a 77% field goal kicker? Why are we so sure that putting him out there is that great? Third of all, did you see the 49ers offense? What makes you think three more points for the Lions is going to be a huge role in that game? I get they lose by three, but to me, the one he's got to be kicking himself over is the one at the end of the first half when there was 10 seconds left and they were on the two and they kicked the field goal instead of going for the touchdown on fourth and goal. Like, you're going to halftime already. If you're going to keep going for it on fourth down, that was the one to me where it was like, okay, maybe you go for it there. And I bet that's the one he regrets because Campbell, look, they, I get the whole thing like people saying, I think it's a little overblown when people are like, oh, they wouldn't be here if he didn't go for it on fourth downs. Like, I, I don't really know about that, but he stuck to his identity in the fourth quarter, in the second half in the fourth quarter by going for those fourth downs. I got no problem with them losing that way. To me, it's the one at the end of the first half that if you asked him, he's probably saying that's the one I, I wish I could take back because that goes against what they usually do in that situation. Yeah, and you can't have it both ways though because there's going to be people that are like, fire him, but they're also this. There's oh, the same way they're going to turn that's around insane. and say he should have gone for it yeah. in that situation. And so... I, I I think it's like kind of a tired narrative. Like I've heard that this is probably the 10th, uh, maybe not the 10th, but maybe the sixth time this year that we've had this discussion or that people have brought this up. And I mean, the Lions, sometimes it works out. Uh, sometimes he's certainly over aggressive. Sometimes it maybe loses games for them. Sometimes it probably wins games for them. So I think in this instance, I think if you're isolating the plays, I think Ben Johnson drew up good play calls and they had good looks and they just didn't convert. So to me, that's kind of a ridiculous, I think that's a little bit of a ridiculous narrative to say that people, you know, people are saying he should be fired or he was just the ultimate reason they lost it. I just could not disagree. More. I think, and I do agree with you, Alex. I think Jared Goff had, I'm not going to say the game of his life, but I mean, no. he was very, very, very solid. I thought. Yeah. And no, he's definitely not the reason they lost. And, and with like Campbell, I mean, the, that's what you want from a coach. At least what I would want from my coach is, okay, what have we done all season and what has made us successful? Is, you know, being aggressive in some situations, going for it when we feel like we're confident on going for it. Then, yeah, like, do that. Last thing I want is a coach that changes up the game plan drastically, goes away from what we've been doing all season. It's like, no, I, you stay confident in your team and you stay confident in your guys. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's Dan Campbell saying, I'm confident in my team that we're yes. going to get this fourth down. Why wouldn't you be? They're yeah. 17 on the 49ers. And I wouldn't even call that a hyper-aggressive play. A hyper-aggressive play, man, is what like like Staley does. Like you're down, you know, however many, and you're going for it on your own half. They weren't on their own half, man. They were like into 49ers territory. It's not even yeah. that aggressive of a play. So I really, I'm, I'm surprised with all the Dan Campbell stuff I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah that's a great point too. Is like, I, that's the way he coaches, I think he trusts his players a lot and he has like a very like warm relationship with them. And I think that's, he coaches that way. Like he makes decisions and schematic choices uh, sort of in line with that philosophy. So I think, you know, if you want him to coach that way, which is clearly successful, you have to take, you know, take the risk as part of that. A hundred percent. And you know, we could go on this all day cause I know we're all aligned on it, but it really is to me. I don't understand how people watch that game and think, oh, the, the if they take six more points, the 49ers aren't going to go down and match those points. The 49ers in the second half, Purdy is doing layup throws to Ayuk, to Samuel, to Kittle, to McC and then you get McCaffrey going because now all of a sudden they have to respect the pass. Like When the Niners get moving like that, and the Lions, their pass defense is really not good. We saw Mayfield light them up. We saw round one, they got lit up by, by Stafford. 
once you can start making those plays on them, like your offense is going to have to match touchdowns. I don't know what those three points are doing for you. I really, I don't understand it. And it's the small plays to me that make way more of a difference. And the one off Vildor's face is like a Kierce or uh, Tyree type catch where it's just like, uh, so shocking and so out of the blue that you could feel the entire game like shift on a dime and then immediately the the Gibbs fumbled Reynolds drops that ball on third and ten they don't down it at the one there's like a, a snowball effect where they just blow 17 points in eight minutes and to me that's way more on just the culmination of all the the momentum of the game just completely swung on those three yeah. or four plays in a row and I'm not sure yes. you can say if they get that fourth down or if they kick the oh, field yeah. goal, it stops the momentum. I really don't think with three points is making a difference there. And what if the kick misses 77% shooter? Like, I don't know. I got a lot of problems with how people talk about it. To me, the fumble and the ball off Vildor's face are the two plays that people need to circle. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I remember. So I, when I was watching the game, all the, sort of all those events happened in sequence and I've been watching a lot of basketball. So I was like, I was like, you know, you got to call time out here. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally stop the run. Like I was like, you know, a little basketball mode, but yeah, that's how it felt like. It felt like when a team goes on a run in a game and you're like, okay, calm the boys down. Like we're getting a bit frazzled. Yeah. So yeah. I think I, that was a big part of it. And I said to Alex too, you know, when they start doing the, they come out of timeout and the announcers aren't talking and it's just crowd videos and they're just loud and there's like hype music going on. You know, it's heat, dude. That is like the ultimate <laughs> yep. heat point. And there was a lot of Lions fans in there. You could hear him chanting Jared Goff at the end of the first half. And I mean, you could just feel how big those plays were for that crowd. It got the Niners back in the game. And like Alex said, respect to the 49ers. But pardon my French, the Lions kicked the shit out of them in the first half. The Lions were oh. much better in the first half. Oh, I know the, the 49ers stepped up big in the second half, but honestly, two weeks in a row now that I felt like it's a pretty much a coin flip game for the Niners, and they pulled them both out. Respect to them. You got to give them some credit there. But headed into the Super Bowl, I don't know. I don't really see them, and I know Vegas doesn't either because they're a two-point favorite, but I don't really see them as a as a big favorite to knock out the Chiefs by a lot of points. And I could eat my words on that, but just the way they've been playing the last couple of weeks, it seems like it's just not in the cards for them to really knock a team out. It just, I don't know what's up with them, but they just don't seem to have that card in them that they did earlier in the season. Yeah. I also, I just think betting against, like when you're playing Patrick Mahomes, like the line is almost just irrelevant. Like I, he's on a completely different universe from everybody else you would gamble on or yeah. against. I, I I feel like I've learned a little bit of a lesson, I've eaten a little bit of humble pie. Like this Chiefs team looked so bad. And then the minute the playoffs started, we got prime Kelsey and prime Mahomes. And yeah. I mean, it was just a, it was like a, a switch flipped. It was nuts. So I, mean, I, 40, I think the 49ers had a really hard time stopping Jordan Love and, and Jared Goff, which who are tremendous quarterbacks. Like I don't want to, you know, um, put them down at all but now you're gonna get Patrick Mahomes I mean I think it's a pretty evenly matched game if not favored for the Chiefs the Chiefs are I think they're heading into this game much harder than the, than the 49ers are yeah and I think Alex mentioned or sorry Adam mentioned last week that he didn't really trust the 49ers defense and I think I kind of am sympathetic to that like they, they I mean if you can scheme the run well which the Lions can you can you can gash the 49ers now I don't know if the Chiefs are gonna be able to do that with Pacheco but there's weaknesses in that 49er defense that I think uh, Andy Reid will be able to exploit really, really well. Yeah, 
I thought the Lions' best stuff today was, and and the Packers' best stuff last week with Aaron Jones was out putting. And Greg Olson does a good job of explaining it too. Like those outside zones when they run towards the ends. Young and Bosa are tremendous pass rushers, but when you ask them to actually stop the run on the outside, it's it's their weak point on the defense. I don't know that Pacheco's really like an outside-the-box runner. I, I think he's more of a between-the-tackles guy. I'm not crunching the all-22, so I could be exposed on that. But to me, I don't know, watching that Chiefs game, like I get it, you don't ever want to bet against Mahomes, but I thought that was way more of a Chiefs defense and Lamar Jackson failures game than it was a Mahomes game. Obviously, the Chiefs have done this thing all year where it's like they're just kind of scraping by. They don't really score much in the fourth quarter. They don't really do that much offensively in the second half, but when they need to score, they do. And I don't know. I just I, I still would favor the 49ers. I think they're a more overpowering team, and I think really you don't want to bet against Mahomes, but I don't see them as unstoppable. Well, I guess we can talk about the, the Chiefs-Ravens game, but for me, like... I almost like I I don't know man even in the first quarter I I kind of felt like hey the Chiefs I feel like the Chiefs are going to get this one uh just like the way I don't know if that's cuz like the way the Ravens came out in the game or what it was but once like kind of what Owen mentioned once you started seeing those vintage like Mahomes Kelsey plays where I just don't know how this like keeps happening and it's been happening for 6 years where he'll just drop it into Kelsey and Kelsey doesn't have a guy within like 10 yards of him. I I, I don't know. It happened yeah. like 10 times this game. Um, and I honestly thought the Ravens defense actually played pretty well. Like they were the reason they yeah. even kept this thing close because um, the Ravens offense was atrocious the entire game. But yeah, I mean, I, I thought like I thought they played pretty well on both sides of the ball. The Chiefs, I mean, um, especially going up against that tough of a defense. Um, I thought they did OK. Sure. In the second half, I think they kind of. They kind of cooled down a little bit, and they were getting to Mahomes a lot more and stuff. But um, I, I still, I still think they managed well. And and same with the defense. I mean, just like I, I texted Phil, like Lamar looked lackadaisical out there to me. They kind of came out, looked scared of the Chiefs, and I just think the Chiefs took it to them in this game. You know, I mean, you're playing for your first home game ever um, uh, for an AFC uh, championship at the bank. And I don't know, you just kind of come out there and 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 the Chiefs dominate you and, and dog walk you in the first half. Um, it was it was really disappointing. Lamar even said on like the Monday, Tuesday press conference leading up to the game that he hates playing Mahomes. It's like, OK, maybe we can save that for after the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just kind of <laughs> looked like they were they're They're just scared of the Chiefs. Um, so I, I was really disappointed in their game today. Yeah. The moment where I knew this was going to be a completely different game than what I was expecting was that nine-minute drive yeah. and just score and scored. Yeah. I was like, "This is." It doesn't matter if it's like thirty-four, thirty-one, or a seventeen, fourteen. Like the Chiefs are going to grind it out and they're going to figure out a way to, to to win this game. Like it's they'll do just enough, and that's what I think. People say they squeak by, but it, it seems like on the flip side of that, they're they're doing just the bare minimum they need to do to win. At least on I think offense. it's good, like game management too. Yeah, right. I I, I kind of see it as good game management, like you said, using up those nine minutes. I think in the first half, I think they said that the or it might have been even because the Chiefs received the ball too to start the second half, right? And then whatever that point was, I think they said that um, I forget what it was, but it was almost like a thirty-minute difference um, that the that the Chiefs had the ball as opposed to the Ravens. Um, so. Yeah, well, the Ravens did themselves no favors by this. 
I mean, they're a running team. The Chiefs are 28th against the run, and you do eight handoffs. Like, I don't, I just don't understand. Like, Steve Spagnuolo kind of took it to Todd Munkin in this one. I really, the Chiefs defense, I thought was, was spectacular. But the Ravens couldn't get out of their own way. And I, I agree with Alex. Like, I thought they looked kind of lackadaisical. But to feed your guys' points, like, that Mahomes to Kelsey, there was the one on third down when he just floated it up to him in the middle of the field, kind of like a shot put pass. And yeah. Kelsey came down, landed first with his elbow and hung on. And then oh, yeah. Alex is talking about those ones where he comes off the line and it's like amazing to watch because somehow the Ravens guys, he's just untouched for like 13, 15 yards and then just comes back to the ball. There's three guys surrounding him and Mahomes just drops it in. I, it got to the point where I was almost wondering, like, does he even have routes or does Mahomes just telling him like, go out. Yeah. find the soft spot, I'll hit you. Because it doesn't look like there's much of a pattern to the things that he's doing. And it honestly felt a lot to me like Brady to Gronk back in the day where it's like, no matter what you do, these guys are just so locked in that they are going to beat you. And honestly, Kelsey to me is a better, is the best tight end of all time. He's he's better than Gronk because for the last, Agreed. I don't even know how long, 10 weeks we've been pouring dirt on the guy. I've hear, heard people say for literally three months straight, the guy's washed up. And I get he's at a different stage in his career, but to be the only guy on that team worth a damn at receiver and to have that performance against the best defense in the league and against Kyle Hamilton at this stage in his career when he's already done so much, all-time postseason catches leader, like that, that guy's the GOAT at his position. I really... I, I know Gronk was fantastic, but the stuff he's doing is insane. Oh, I definitely agree with you. I mean, the longevity, at least in the longevity department, it's not even close. Like the fact that he's been doing this my entire life and he's still doing it at 35 or 36 at the highest level is it's wild to me, especially with such a demanding position. Like Gronk was, you know, constantly injured and had to retire at whatever it was like 31 or 32 or, you know, whatever. So it's, like, honestly, I'm not sure I'll see a, a player do what he did for a while. He was getting under the under the skin of the Ravens guys, too. Like, I think he, he was even responsible for getting the Chiefs a couple 10, 15-yard penalties just because, you know, he'd uh, he'd get under their skin of, of the Ravens guys. So, um, I mean, credit to him. He, he played unbelievable. I guess they're just, I guess, or at least he is at a point, like, I think kind of like what Phil said, where he, he just turns it on and the... In the playoffs, it's kind of like I, I, I'm past the stage of my career where I'm, you know, week in, week out dominating. Um, but when it comes to the playoffs, I'm, I'm ready to roll. So, yeah, um, yeah, they've been, they've been tremendous, man. It's, yeah, tough to stop. Are you really, are you guys at the point both where it's like, I'm not picking against Mahomes? Cause I don't know if I'm there yet all the way, but the stats are pretty crazy 14 and three in the playoffs, like 10 and one is an underdog. Today was the biggest underdog he's ever been. They never even trailed in the game. I could see like, why you get the, to that point, but I just don't know that I'm there. Well, I picked the Niners just because they're my preseason pick, but all else being equal, Chiefs defense looks, I mean, it was great. It's been great in every single game they've played. And the the body of work and the data, all the different data points that we have tells me that, I mean, I've seen this before, multiple times before. Yeah. Well, I just want to have if like if I'm picking, I, I want I want my quarterback to be Mahomes. I don't really care what kind of a defense you have or what kind of an offense you can put out on the field. Like Mahomes is, um, it's it's I don't even know like any words to describe this guy anymore. It's just and this this like matchup specifically. I mean, Brock Purdy's gone ghost for multiple halves of football. Like the first half, 
of the of the Packers game in the first half today. I mean, he's throwing some just lollipops. Oh, second it half was, last uh, week too. Don't don't rule out yeah. the second half. The, basically, the the first fifty seven minutes of that game, yeah. he was pretty bad. This is kind of like the opposite team builds. I feel like where the 49ers, at least on offense, are like all weapons, Trent Williams and like a game manager, because yeah. that's just what he is at this point. And then the other team's just Mahomes and Kelsey. Everybody else is a bum. Like it really, that, that game comes down to MVS making the one catch. And I think he had two catches. I know Rice and Kelsey had like 19 combined. And then there was just a bunch of guys with one or two. Like it's Bell and Watson and that's about it. He doesn't need I was thinking else. about this today. For as much flack as the weapons have gotten this year compared to even last year, I think Rice is better than any receiver that left from last 100%. year. Like a hundred percent. She Rice. I mean, I, I looked at his stats today and he only had forty six yards, but I swear he would he he had more. Like I don't know, it just looked um well, yeah. I guess he did because but it got called back on that one penalty, yeah, he had right? Touchdown. Yeah, so yeah, yeah like like he was actually really good uh, today, I thought. So I, I totally agree with Owen. He's a nice piece for them for sure. Yeah. And they got him on cost control for another three years, which is big for them. Yep. But he's you know, he also had that one uh, I, I just just burned in my brain. It makes it seem like he's so raw, the one where he caught it and then he just burned back up the field towards the middle. I know the one I know somebody out there knows the one I'm talking about. But yeah, he's I mean, I agree. And we said the whole season it's funny because you guys kept saying like, what's the difference between the weapons this year and last year? Because his performance was dipping, and at least in the regular season, maybe we're right. Like, there's not a difference between the weapons this year and last year. Maybe they're actually better, but, you know, it just didn't show until uh, until now. But I don't know. Oh. I'm kind of with Alex. This, uh, this Ravens loss, if there's ever a year you got to do it, uh, I'm starting to question yeah. the uh, the bottle on, on Lamar because it just... He, uh, you take away that big bomb to Flowers, and and I get it. Like Sneed makes the biggest play of the game, probably forcing that fumble on the one. But it just seemed to me, and I said this, to Alex, it's a little bit like the Cam Newton Super Bowl vibes, where it's like you just, like you're right there, but he doesn't have that next level performance to take him over the top. The Chiefs defense obviously deserves credit for that, but I mean, I don't know. There's some situations you just have to perform, and that was one of them. Yeah, I mean, uh, once again, I thought he was poor. Like on some of those, they had a couple like design screen passes. Uh, I don't know. They were just batting it away easily, or he'd throw it uh, low to the guy, and he'd have to reach it down. And and you know, the player starts off bad. And um, and then to me, the 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 most insane play was I think the one with like throws into triple coverage. Yeah, that was yeah. just I don't know. What was more insane, I, I, him I throwing it or the receiver putting the hand up, I'm open, I'm open. It's like there's three guys on you, dude. I don't know why you're calling for the ball. I was watching it with just at, a, at school because uh, I was at a, a thing, and one of the guys that was there watching it was like, he's like, well, he was looking for like a PI call. It's like, and maybe that's true, but he threw it like it was short, seven yards in front of the guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a ground. So I just want to get get in front of anybody that thinks that's the narrative it was like a terrible throw yeah well if you want pi and i mean let's be honest he was throwing up some balls in the fourth quarter for some pi because he was that's just what he was doing he was leaving them pretty high you got to put it high and and make the guy drag him down or something and there were some look there were some questionable calls in that game i don't think it really favored the chiefs like i saw all those you know memes going around on twitter and stuff but like those roughing the passers are roughing the passer the one where he just smacks him in the head like i don't understand what you're doing when you're just smacking the guy in the head i think the 
the people were talking about the one where Roquan Smith charged in, they were trying to make it first and 10. That was intentional. But some of those penalties were pretty poor for the Ravens. Like if you're doing a blame pie for the Ravens, I'm splitting it at probably 50% on Lamar. You got to elevate your game in that spot. And then maybe the other like 35% on their undisciplined play because I mean, the fumbles and the penalties were just too much to overcome. And, and I kind of thought about that too as well at the end of the game. It wasn't even a game where you could go and say, man, the refs, you know, if a couple calls went their way. And even if a couple calls did go their way, I still didn't feel like the Chiefs were going to lose that game, no. right? Just because Lamar had been so poor the entire game. I thought um, the play calling was really bad. And I don't know. Harbaugh's a great coach, but he's got a little bit of that blank stare. Like, <laughs> yeah. Now we're cooking. <laughs> body language oh come on man i i don't, I don't know who, who's 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 the blank stare guy in the nfl oh, it's todd bowles it's todd, it's todd bowles yeah yeah exactly he, he was a little todd bowles ish to me yeah. like let's show some emotion let's walk up and down the sideline a little bit here he was just like a crazy play would happen or something nuts that would you know turn the game um, over to 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 the to the Chiefs and and get them uh some momentum and he would just be chilling. Yeah, he was a little Darvin Hamish to me, like <laughs> hands in the pockets, chilling. Like ugh, I don't know the the all time blank stare king for the record is Jim Caldwell. That guy, yeah, there could have been like a wolf behind him at any given moment, and he never would have reacted. He just he was cool as a cucumber, a little too cool. And Todd Bowles, look, the Lions are calling the timeouts at the end of the game. My favorite Todd Bowles moment maybe ever was last weekend when he just didn't use his last timeout, just took it into the offseason with him and didn't get the ball back for the Bucks. And then when they asked him about it on Tuesday and he said no point in delaying the inevitable, it's like, well, Todd, you could have got the ball back with a chance to tie the game. So I really don't know what you're going for there. But I, I do love the blank stare, guys. And Harbaugh, he does have a little bit of that in him. I'm not going to lie. And that's kind of what makes me pain for Campbell more is it's like, He's, he wears his heart on his sleeve, obviously. You could see how much it was hurting him. Like, in the last 10 yeah. minutes of that game, it was very visible that, like, this is really going to keep him up for eight months. And that's the pit in your stomach thing. You could just read the guy that it really was hurting him. And, I mean, no kidding, Dan Campbell cares, but that's the difference. That's why it's the best, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's why, like, I almost felt like that rubbed off on the Ravens, too, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Just that super, like... I don't know, indifference kind of that they showed up with today. It was odd. Yeah. Weird vibes in that game for the Ravens. It really was. Yep. Odell Beckham, I don't know if he played a snap. They said he was in the locker room choosing between Nike and Prada cleats. That's <laughs> what they were saying online. You, you could tell me that's the truth, and I believe it, because it seems like he puts a lot more time into the all-black leather outfits and stuff than he does actually yep. performing in the game. But that's the story of his career, really. He's lucky he got that Super Bowl. Um but that's the Ravens' chance, really. Like the Chiefs are never going to be worse than they are right now. I don't think. I don't see Mahomes going Very anywhere. Heat, yeah. Maybe Kelsey retires. Like I don't know if he's long for the NFL at this point. But I don't know. You're at home. This is your MVP season. It's one you got to have. So I feel for Burrow what out. Yeah. Like I like Bengals are going to be much better next year, right? Well. I saw a lot of people online. I knew this was an Owen debate point, and they were saying, you got to give Burrow more credit for winning in Arrowhead against Mahomes. And I can't say I hate the take. People got to come around and realize that 
he deserves a lot of points for that win. And then the next year going in and almost pulling it off too. Like you don't see a lot of quarterbacks do that at home, let alone in his building. I'm just going to float it out there for you. The more, I think just the more we let Burrow marinate and cook, just I think the better. I agree. The better he is, the more I like him. It's amazing. And I'm not saying personally because we saw that. I don't know if you saw this video. I don't know if it was a retread. Let them taunt. But the video of him talking about how he watched physics videos and then just naming oh. naming like five things related to physics was one of the cringest watches of the week. It's a video from when he's oh. at LSU, so it's an old one. But wow, I don't know if that was a retread or if you pulled it out the depths on. But 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 you're missing. So the guy's like, "What are you like interested in?" He's like, "Physics." And the guy's like, "Tell us what you know." And he's like, "Well, how much time do you have?" As if he's gonna oh, like brother recite theorems and stuff. And he's like, "Well, we can just give me a taste." He's like, "Quantum mechanics, <laughs> electrons, <laughs> it's neutrons." It's a brutal watch. It is so bad. <laughs> I might have to cut the audio and put it in just so people can hear it. It's awful. During the summer, did you binge watch anything on Netflix? Stranger Things last week. I'm sure just about everybody here has. Um, so I was telling somebody earlier, the hurricane, hurricane, um, knocked my power out. Not my power, but my internet this weekend. And I watched a lot of YouTube videos on my phone about physics. So that's interesting for me, yeah. What did you learn about physics, Jim? Um, ooh, I mean, how long do you want to be here? <laughs> um, so I watched a lot of videos about um, relativity, quantum mechanics, um, black holes, wormholes, white holes, um, electrons, neutrons, neutron stars. So all that stuff, all that good stuff. It's like a what LeBron. The- it's like when they ask LeBron, like, what's your favorite <laughs> moment in The Godfather? And he's like, too many to name, man, too many to name. <laughs> It has been a lot of publicity yesterday and today about Godfather Part Two, which is the the scene or or the moment or the phrase or the quote you like more from the movie. Oh, from the Godfather. Uh, um, it's so many different phrases uh, and too many different lines in that movie to just uh, categorize one. Um, but which is the one which? Inspirates you, represents you more. I mean, each movie is nine hours long. I mean, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I mean, there's so many. I don't know. I'll let you pick one and I'll roll with it. It's, it's a great trilogy. But the thing that always gets me with the bro videos is like, I'll watch that and I'll be like, there's no way. Like, this is clearly silly. Oh, so the I'll people open in the, the comments, comments. And I'll be expecting. They have no idea. I'll be expecting people to be like on my side, but it's always like, man, and he was a marketing major and he knows all this stuff. <laughs> And he's good at football. It's crazy. But God does have favorites. (laughs) But but you gotta be honest. As Alex said, the more we let him marinate, the better he the better he's looking football-wise. Yeah, but here's what I'll say. That game, I watched that game. That and the two and and the last two uh, Bills Chiefs games, those were coin flips. uh, and, and Burrow's the only one that won the coin toss. I mean, that's the way I'm going to rationalize to myself. <laughs> I mean, he was down 20 at the half and he came back. I, I think we, we got to give him some points against the Tyree Kill Chiefs too. But I understand he's not playing cornerback and he's a cringe guy, but I just, 
I think we got to just give him some props. I understand that. Because you look at Lamar and Josh Allen, like Lamar's got some heat playoff losses, dude. Like yeah. home for Phillip Rivers when he was on his <laughs> Chargers last season, home for Tannehill as the one seed. Like he's got some <laughs> real bad ones. And our boy Joe does not. He's got at Mahomes, at Josh Allen on lock. So, yep. And more coming. <laughs> no, seriously. People though, forget. People AFC. forget. He was a fumble away from losing to Tyler Huntley. I just want to mention that. That is true. That That'll get lost true. to the record books because he won it, but he almost lost it. <laughs> this is true. True. But the fact that Tyler Huntley, though, has a, a, like a better playoff loss than <laughs> any playoff loss Jackson has is heat. <laughs> so very heat. Yeah, I love how oh, we but no one else like though. The AFC is like looking heat for Lamar at least in the Ravens. Like I think CJ Stroud's only gonna get better. Um like I said, Burrow as well. Um so Yeah. I mean Kenny Pickett. I I you know, I don't really see him coming back Aaron ever Rogers. and leading these guys to a Super Bowl, man. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers next ten years. That's ours. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers Aaron yeah. Rodgers is probably smoking crack in a forest somewhere, so I'm not really that worried about him. But I do agree. It's getting heat. And if you factor in, look, like maybe this Patriots quarterback, whoever they pick, turns out, there's going to be some more talent coming in. And the, like we said, the AFC South gauntlet's loading up. Harbaugh with Herbert. I think you're going to – it's going to be Yeah, tough. that was the other one I forgot. Eventually, yeah. I'm hoping Herbert's going to pull through a little bit here. It's got to be now with Harbaugh, right? I, I mean, think so, yeah. I think it's going to work out really well. I've always been a gym well. guy. I think it actually will, though. I'm not going to lie. Harbaugh, everywhere he goes, just kind of wins or at least gets close to winning. So, yeah, I think it's, it'll be soon enough. Does I love it, that guy. If it, I could get a Harbaugh jersey, I would. <laughs> well, that would be an electric purchase. I think those are just yeah. khakis. I think that's pretty much the jersey, you know, like a turtleneck. Does it make you feel any type of way, Alex, that the Chiefs are playing a playoff game in the Raiders stadium before the Raiders? That's yeah, that's heat. actually very heat. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> that hurts. Um, <laughs> and I hate the 49ers, so like, oh, what do I even, you know? Oh, the 49er tough, fans is probably worse to have go in there than the than the Chiefs because they hate the Raiders. Yeah. They hate the Raiders and we hate them. So I think I'd rather, as much as it hurts, I'd rather the Chiefs win, honestly. Like that is pretty heat that they're playing one before us. Like that's you know. I hope no one like brings that up. Yeah. When I when when I when I tell people I'm a Raiders fan, uh, but it would be much worse that 49ers fans partying in our stadium. Oh gosh. Yeah, that you'd never hear the end of that. That's Ooh, a bad one. That would be really bad. Dude, this Dan Campbell presser is just so sad. What's he saying? Give me a taste. He's saying he said this might be our only. This may have been our only shot. No. Oh, Dan. Why is he saying that? Why would he say that? I think that because he said, "I know how hard it is to get here. I'm well aware. Uh, it's going to be twice as hard to get back. This might have been our last shot." I actually was watching, and I kind of agreed. I think the NFC, especially the division he's in, Jordan Love, Caleb Williams. I don't know, dude. It's going to be eh, Caleb Williams. I'm willing to wait. A <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. Like. Kirk you know. Cousins, Jaron Hall. <laughs> Jaron Hall. No, I the NFC's a way more open division than the AFC, a hundred percent. But if he's I think he's Agreed. losing Ben Johnson to the commanders, from what I understand. 
And it sounds like Mike McDonald's going to the Seahawks, from what I understand, too. So they're going to lose the OC, and I don't know. It, it is going to be heat. But really, the roadmap for them isn't that different than it is right now. Like, you extend Jared Goff, another year Gibbs, draft some more hustlers on D. Jameson Williams, full year. That no suspension. That Jameson Williams bobble catch was so like I know you had the amazing touchdown in the first half, but that one where he almost like handed it to the defensive back. I know he caught it, but it was mass heat. Very he had very a pretty good, good game. I like the touchdown he, he had it to end the game. That was a yeah. nice one too. He Just did have got a good up. game. When Tony it said they rested it. him for a reason in week eighteen, it was probably for this game. That was the trick in <laughs> Ed Campbell's bag. Oh, we didn't even mention this. Craig Reynolds scored in. a touchdown last week. Shout out to that. He did. Credit to Watones and Tony because Watones nailed the Chiefs-Ravens game. He said, if the Chiefs can come out and establish the run, we're going to be in trouble. And that's exactly what they did on the first drive. I mean, Pacheco just went crazy on him. And then he also said the Lions can win this game if they take out McCaffrey first and make him get the playmakers involved. Like Watones was, was spitting last week. It just didn't go his way. I feel for him on the Ravens, but... For some reason, I saw him tweet GG at Ravens post game. I thought he was going to tweet that at the Chiefs or something, but you know, it, just letting the guys know they hustled hard. I, I especially on D, I respect it, but yeah, tough scenes. Is there any other sound from the press conference we need to hear, or is it is it just depression? Oh, I'll probably watch a longer clip. I just saw a snippet. Uh, Man, that is sad, dude. I love, I really loved Dan Campbell. He's like, seems like such a great coach. Yeah. Well, he's just born to do it. They said that on the broadcast, and I couldn't agree more. Just born to be a football coach. Dude, and that team was just so that's like the most likable team. Like their GM seemed like a, a sweet a sweet guy too. Ah. That's what makes it painful because it rates really high on the choke list. It really does. It re, it's like it a eight point five on the magnitude scale of choke because like if the Falcons is a ten and the Chargers is probably also a 10 against the Jags. I think this rates at like an 8.5. I don't really know what else I could put on that list. The Packers against the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game like 10 years ago, that was a stinker. Is there any other big football chokes you can really remember? Chiefs-Colts? Chiefs-Colts, yeah. I saw the stat that it was 41 times the team has been up by 17 at the half in the playoffs, and they four of them had lost. And until mm. now, it's five. And it was the Chiefs-Colts game, the Jags-Chargers game, the Falcons-Patriots game. And somehow I have no memory of this. The Titans beat the Chiefs in 2018, 22-21, when they were down 21-3 at halftime. Is that the Mar- was that the Mariota catch game where he did the Lamar play from today? Like, that's the only thing yeah, I can think have. of from that game. So that would have been an Alex Smith year. Yeah, it was. Okay. What's your guys' thoughts on these playoffs like, I know we got one more, but, like, overall. Like, from an entertainment standpoint. Like, are we enjoying Do we like them? Or? From an entertainment standpoint, and this might be a boomer take, I feel like they've upped the commercials by 15 20%, and it's ruining the product. <laughs> that is when the, what was that? Uh, <laughs> it was kind of at the start of the game of the Ravens-Chiefs game where they were, like, Administrative timeout, administrative timeout. Yeah, that, what was that? Like, we really don't need administrative timeout. Right? We get enough commercials. Like, we can wait two minutes because we're taking a timeout anyways in two minutes. The commercials have been so heat. I agree with Phil. I agree. 
that's that's one thing where I'll say hockey is raw at. Yeah. Like, boys, if we got if we're ripping a 15 minute no stoppage play, then we're doing that. Yeah. Like it's sick. Cause can you imagine like the boys are just buzzing and they're like, Kate, like, well, oh, whistle, like, we need to take a TV timeout. Like, come on. The NBA and and NHL have a TV advantage for lack of time, lack of commercial for sure. I feel like the NBA is really good at it. Like it's like a two and a half hour game, so it's pretty chill. But hockey as well, just like three maybe commercial breaks a period max. But yeah, NFL really does milk it out there quite a bit, especially when they do the like TV timeout. There's thirty seconds till the two minute warning. Like, come on! <laughs> like, holy crap! And if you want me to go full boomer, at some points they're advertising Ozempic and then literally the next ad is Wendy's. It's like, isn't like, aren't these competing ideologies here? What are we doing? No, well, the amount of times they played that McDonald's commercial today. Oh, the spicy. They're like, they're like, it's a vibe. That one. Yeah. yeah, 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 It's so bad. The worst one though, the, the gold medal worst is Gronk kick of destiny. I yeah, that one's. It, oh, I hate that. It, it's the worst one out there by far. On an entertainment level, though, I'd say it's been like an eight point eight out of ten. Lions, Rams, banger. Uh, Chiefs, Bills, banger. Uh, it's like a yeah, a banger weekend. Lions, 49ers, banger. 49ers, Packers, banger. Yeah, for sure, there was a banger each week. I wouldn't uh, even call 49ers, Packers a banger. All due respect, I would say that was a banger quarter. But the first half was absolute. It was melatonin. I don't know. I like that one. I got to give this playoffs like a seven five, maybe a seven flat. Okay, what play? What playoffs like stands out to you? Which is might be hard. I'm putting you on the spot there a little bit, but like if you can think back. Well, there's been some classics, no doubt about it. There's been some classics that year that the. Cardinals beat the Packers, and then that that whole weekend, that divisional weekend where all four games were sick, that year, a few years back when it ended with the year the Bengals and Rams made the Super Bowl, I mean, that was another banger year. I just, I feel like we're missing some juice here, and it doesn't really help that we end up with two teams that were like preseason favorites to go to the Super Bowl, ending up in the big game, but I don't know, I just felt like overall this NFL season's lacked a little bit of juice. I don't really know if I'm alone in that statement. I don't know if you feel that way, Owen, but... Yeah, I do. I, I was... The, the the playoffs I was thinking of, which was more recently, was the 21-22. Because, like, in that one, we had Buffalo-Kansas City. That's, like, two of the greatest quarterbacks performances ever. Mm-hmm. And then the next game was Cincinnati-Kansas City. And then on the other side, you had that Tampa Bay Rams game where Cooper Cup caught the touchdown at the end of yeah. the game, which was, like, a all-time classic or, you know, a classic. And then you had the Rams 49ers, which I actually don't remember that well, so it might have been. That was the NFC Championship game. That was the Tart game. Oh, that was the Jaquaski oh, game, which was, yeah, that was a good game. Yeah. And then obviously the greatest Super Bowl of our lifetimes. Yeah, the rams Bengals Super Bowl. <laughs> that was a really good Super Bowl. It gets too much hate. but It was. I, yeah, I think calling it the greatest, one of the greatest was heat, but uh, that was a very, that was a very good Super Bowl. It was so. fun. No, it was. We had a good I, I time that day. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like this season lacked a little bit of juice, but if we get a good Super Bowl, it's, it's going to help. I feel like these teams have been circling each other for a while, though. Like, I know they played in 20, but like you said, that year you just brought up, that's a couple plays away from them playing again in 21. They were both in the championship games last year. I don't know. I feel like they just sort of been hovering around each other. Like, this matchup should have could have maybe happened another time here. 
This playoffs has some old, some some younger guys too. So there's like, there's something to be said about like a Super Bowl that has like some defined stars, like yeah. a Brady or Rogers. Maybe has some more credibility, and so maybe in a few years when it's like Jordan Love and and uh, DJ Stroud are like you know big names or bigger names, it might be a bit different. I also think like sometimes with the playoffs, I, I think when you're comparing playoffs, I don't really think NFL playoffs are better than hockey playoffs to me or like I think even baseball playoffs just because some like heat teams sneak in to the yeah. NFL playoffs like all respect to Baker and the Bucks but that's not really like serious I'm like can't wait to see what these boys cook up and then like <laughs> the Steelers got in and the Dolphins got in and I and I'm not saying that doesn't happen in other sports but I don't know obviously there's banger games don't get me wrong but yeah, some sometimes sometimes there's some pretty heat NFL playoff games. Yeah, that are just like yeah. I, do I need, really need to watch this one? Because I think I know how this is gonna end. Yeah, at Browns Texans game, I, <laughs> at Steelers Bills. Okay, that's not nice. <laughs> we swept the Ravens this year. That's a Super Bowl in of itself. <laughs> um, but I do agree. Like when you look at the other sports, there is something to be said though about. The storylines that emerge over a series in baseball, basketball, or hockey. Yeah. As opposed yeah, to the knockout point, yeah. knockout round of this, where it's like, look, you could play that Lions 49ers game 10 times, and this that might only happen once, where it's that good of a game. The other nine, yeah. uh, the, not, the Lions might put it away. The Niners might blow them out. Like, there's just a lot of variance in the, in the single knockout. And I think we're getting a little bit of, I think we are, we are all getting a little bit of fatigue with uh, like just the Chiefs, I'd say, a little bit too. Yeah, I am at in, least. In a way, I'd say, just because... And then even if you look at the AFC itself, I think uh, in the last 10 years, um, it's either been the Patriots or the Chiefs. The Bengals that one time. I think time. the Broncos got in there once and the Bengals got in there. Yeah, that's Well, haven't the Chiefs been in every single AFC championship game of Mahomes' career last too? Last six years yeah. or something like that, yeah. It's crazy. We won't see that run again. He's just on fire. He, he can't be stopped. I agree. He's, he's like a automatic ticket to get the AFC Championship game. And that's why that Kelsey record's never going to get broken too. It's like, you got to get back year after year after year after year to get to 155 playoff catches or whatever he's at and counting because he's going to get the Super Bowl. Who knows if he's going to get one after that. But I do agree there's some Chiefs fatigue. And the storylines look. I don't. We. I'm glad that we didn't really spend that much time on Chiefs 49ers because it's going to be nonstop for two weeks. It's just how the Super Bowl goes. The storyline I really don't have an interest in hearing anything about, and I I know it's going to be the number one storyline. But I'm just out all the way on the Kelseys. The post game on the field in front of the cameras, like come on, people buy this stuff. It's the most staged stuff, and I can't believe they've turned the center for the Eagles into a marketable person who does the Pinties ads on the TV during these games. I just, it, I yeah. really, I, I'm so all the way out on the Kelsey's and their fabricated storylines. So that's the one thing I really don't want to do for two weeks. But is there one yeah. that sticks out to you that you don't want to hear about? Well, that one, I think it's sad because Jason Kelsey did genuinely seem like a nice guy, like a likable guy, mm -hmm. but now I'm going to have to dislike him. Yeah. Which well, he, he doesn't, he's, he's an all time for the cameras guy. Like really, if we look at yeah. it, <laughs> he's a JJ. I mean, so even choosing center as a position, like this guy needs the <laughs> ball in his hand every single play. Like he needs to always be, have his hand on it before the, before the snap. Like tells you what type of guy he is a little bit. Yeah.
It's just it's the Jason show. <laughs> like you're not you're not touching the ball unless I touch it first. Yeah, I'm the key to the city, dude. You gotta like, go yeah. through me to get it. You guys remember how cool of that how cool that costume uh, he wore was at the Super Bowl? That was pretty cool. How did he you come up with that? Do you remember how he took his shirt off? Yeah, that was pretty crazy too. Yeah, and he was drinking beers. Yeah, the, man, that was sick. Was like he cold. was like slamming them, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was cold outside, so that was pretty cool. Like yeah. probably even more beers than his like responsible. Like he was probably responsible. Do you think probably. he was drunk? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. But he needed a lot of beers to slam. <laughs> oh, because yeah. he's a big guy. And dude, you know what made it even better? Taylor Swift was in the box. And no, no. Crazy. You're lying. He was getting so crazy. Why didn't she's I see crazy this on ESPN? She's, what a silly brother-in-law to have, eh? Yeah. And she's got an image to protect, and she was just in there with a crazy drunk guy. What? That's crazy of her. Oh, you're kidding yeah, me. Yeah, Bill Simmons saying, uh, like, you, Taylor Swift might have to rethink this because <laughs> Jason Kelsey's ruining her image was... Such a heat take. Bill Simmons oh. is the biggest boomer that's ever boomered. The, the the fall off of him in the last two years will be studied and documented. I mean, but I we still listen to him quite oh. a bit. Oh, I'm, I'm doing so. it every episode, but <laughs> I'm, I can't. I'm like refreshing the the podcast uh, thing every like Monday and Wednesday, just oh. waiting for it to drop. At, and at 8.30 a.m., I will be hearing his voice tomorrow morning in my can't ears. Can't wait. Same. Yeah, and I can't wait for it. Same. I'll be doing it on my little incline walk over there on the treadmill. I'll have it, it's <laughs> yep. my new routine. I'll be pumping uh, it out. Uh, he said the craziest thing, though. I know he says, like, there's one or two things every week that's, that are just wild. But him saying, <laughs> the do, you think the NFL, do you think the NFL told, because uh, to, Tony Romo was so good and he was calling out every play. Do you think the NFL told him, hey, you can't be predicting plays anymore because other teams are using it? Dude, the, best, yeah, that was the best part of that was Peter Schrager being like, I don't think so. And then just immediately changing yeah. the topic. It's like, I'm not even yeah. going to dignify that with more than two seconds. I know this is very niche talk right now, but for the people who listen to Bill Simmons, they'll understand that, that, that he's been on an absolute cold streak. Like you can tell too, this is my favorite thing. And I, I another debate I really don't want to hear for the Super Bowl week is this. I, I said this on last week's show, but the fact football has become a nonstop quarterback debate, just the absolute worst thing that's ever happened. Like the fact I'm going to have to listen to two weeks of Brock Purdy game manager talk. I have absolutely no interest in that, but you can tell. And a lot of these media guys are the same way. Like they make a take like Bill's preseason take. The Lions are going to go under. They're not going to be good. They spend the rest of the season trying to like dignify that take. He's like, they shouldn't have lost to the Rams. They shouldn't have beat the Bucks. It's like, Bill, they were beating the daylights out of the 49ers for three quarters maybe it's time to just put your pride to the side and give it a rest yep. and give them some respect but i don't know what i can't wait for is the bill simmons at some point this week where he's like rushy rice reminds me a lot of Kristaps porzingis <laughs> yeah and he's gonna twist it to Kristaps. but yeah i can't wait for like him to remind us of how this team reminds him of the 2008 celtics <laughs> like, i can't oh, wait for that man. either I think things I don't want to hear about uh, during Super Bowl week is how Brock Purdy was the last pick uh, in the whatever 2020, yeah. 2021 draft, whenever that was. Uh, like, I get it. The amount of like the amount of times I've seen the Mr. Irrelevant picture of his jersey you know, at, the, at the draft and everything. And like you said, Brock Purdy game manager and... Like, okay, I get it. Like, good for him. He's cool and everything. But I, I don't need to be reminded how he was the last pick of the draft anymore. I don't think it's that raw. Yeah, but that's going to be the number one story, unfortunately. You already know the NFL or whatever 
whoever's, you know, ESPN, someone's going to give Jason Kelsey like a whole week and he'll just be go running around interviewing people. Oh God, and, please help me. You know. you know, I said this at the time and I actually want to take it back. I think Usher is going to be a pretty good halftime dude. I'm not going to lie. I kind of, I kind of like if he just does his old stuff, doesn't try to incorporate anything new. I think it could be pretty good. I'm not like, what is his old super stuff? keen on watching the halftime show though. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you might skip yeah. this one. Yeah. Guy, what about yeah? Usher is pretty like like you can get Usher at like Cowboys to perform, dude. Like that's not <laughs> if for the Super Bowl it's pretty low rent, I'll be honest. Because he could be it's a stampede. Pretty, guy. Like, yeah. Like the NFL so greedy, man. <laughs> like more commercials and then they kind of cheaped out on the halftime show. Like I don't know. There's so many better choices than Usher, but I think he's going to be okay because he's got to play that, the David Guetta one, that OMG, and he plays Yeah and Confessions and those four, and it's probably going to be an okay halftime show. Everybody knows those four. Yeah. It'd be like Nickelback played at the halftime of the, or the, the intermission of the Heritage Classic, and they did three songs, three bangers, and just left, and it was great. It was. When was, uh, when was the last time a band performed at the Super Bowl? I think The Who did 2009 in Miami. I'm kind of down for like a band. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'd be down. Be I, I'm band? not really a big band guy, but. You like a BTS. Oh, no. I'm kind of down Please for no. whatever, but I am kind of down for a little bit of a band. Well, I'm didn't kinda... Coldplay do it actually? Oh. oh, yeah, they did. At I think Super Bowl that might have been like the Seahawks Broncos one. I think they did in the one or in Santa Panthers Clara. Broncos. Panthers Broncos in, in Santa Clara, yeah. So that would have been what, 10 years ago? Yeah, around there. There's Nine, not really that many years. big bands right now, though. They're sort of a thing of the past. I'm kind of down yeah. for some pain. Oh, Dude, that would do no- that would do numbers. I feel like too. Dude, Alex is like two minutes away from suggesting Fisher. If we stay on this topic, <laughs> if Fisher play- Fisher would be amazing. Can you imagine they turn off all the lights in there and they just get <laughs> yep. some lights and pyrotechnics in there? Wow, dude. That'd be the greatest thing ever. That would Please, be at- Can you imagine atmosphere with thirty thousand people just going crazy? Oh. What thirty thousand? He's only selling out half the game, dude. Sixty thousand. <laughs> that would be dope. Not gonna lie. That would be worth worth the eight thousand just on its own. Screw the game. Yeah, no, they gotta do something. You could do better than Usher though, like for like modern music. You know, credit here's something I've never thought I would ever say. Credit to the NHL because Tate McRae All Star Game intermission is the most ahead of the curve on something they've been in my life. That is like amazing that yeah, they clued in to figure that out i know she's like all-star captain yeah captain Tate. she's gonna be helping out with the draft whatever the hell that means we'll talk about that next week i'm <laughs> sure but that's you know i would have expected nickelback or something like they trotted out at the heritage classic or somebody completely past their expiry date but tate mccray is very hip of the nhl little justin bieber <laughs> i don't know if he's performing though but he'll be he at could the draft. Do super bowl though that's something that he would be good at okay yeah, well, justin bieber really super bowl would be sick so you know, I I think he'd he'd nail that. Uh, on a on a related note, people in Edmonton where I'm at here are so hyped up about the Oilers. I heard some one of my friends, uh, who's two of my friends who are both Oilers fans. One said to the other, "I'm trying to watch All Star Weekend. You want to get together for it?" Oh my god! So people are the the people here are tapped in. That is... was that person over or under 14 years old? Both over. Does that person wear Connor McDavid socks twice a week or? 
loaded. Very loaded, very loaded. But I like Ryder and Evan because I know that's who you're talking about for the record. Um, yeah. But I apparently Edmonton's a bus. That's what my dad was telling me. He was boots on the ground Whoa. on Saturday, and he said it was a great crowd. I saw for the last minute they just clapped and cheered the entire time. It was like a playoff type atmosphere. So totally. The here they just hear a bus. 16, 16, 16. You could tell how much it pisses off Alex too, which is <laughs> nice and satisfying. I mean, this the the break couldn't have came at a better time. <laughs> so nice six seven day break, kind of lose the momentum. And Tom, and then you get Vegas. I hope we win that game. There. <laughs> wow. But no, I mean, you know, the funny thing about, or it might be a sad thing, is that in terms of the All-Star game, like, I remember, like, growing up as a kid, like, watching the All-Star game was... Oh, the greatest. I mean, that was almost better than, like, Super Bowl or NBA Finals or Stanley <laughs> yeah. Cup Finals. That thing was so sick back in the day, just because, like, I don't know. It's all those players and they're doing all these cool things. And you're like, wow, this is so wrong. Like that was appointment TV. It was like when you were like 10, 12 years old, that was like the best thing of the year. Um, same with the NBA uh, all-star game and the dunks and everything. That was just sick. And um, I mean, obviously we're older now, so I get why there's not as much appeal, but nice, nice kind of nostalgia. I guess when you, when you think about some of those all-star games and stuff, that was always pretty cool. Yeah, well, I bet the kids now still think that because I remember actually as a kid, this is core memory. I taped the Atlanta All Star game on a VHS and I would plug it in like, I don't know, six times a month and just watch the introductions over and over again. I remember it very well. They had that band, The Hives, playing. You know, they had that song and they just kept playing the whole yeah. time. It's integrated in my head. And I just, I feel like the kids, I hope they're still like that now because it is awesome when you're a kid. But the NHL, look, the the, the captains. Well, they, they got it right this year, though, to, to some extent. I think the draft is going to be pretty sick. I do, too. I do, too. That was pretty raw. They need to. They need more ideas. They're sort of building up. Obviously, there's still just unbelievable lapses in judgment in the way they operate. But, you know, they're building up towards a little bit of a better All-Star weekend, which I guess you can give them some credit for. The, the jerseys maybe the worst in sports history, but hey, that's, you know. I heard a good point, though. The, the jerseys are kind of for the kids, though. That is true. Yeah. Why hasn't why, why hasn't Edmonton got one yet? I feel like with well, the new arena and everything, it's you got I mean, McDavid and Dreisaitl, like, that's kind of weird. It's quick answer. Edmonton in January is, is a quick answer for that. Well, it's Toronto in January is really here. cool, too. Cold too, though. No, but it's not even cold right now. It's ball. It's like it was three degrees today. Yeah, but in most years you don't want to take the gamble. Yeah. What if everybody comes up here and it's like it was two weeks ago? I'd actually love that. But still, though, I mean, it's still it's still a Canadian market and everything, and like people would be locked into that. Yeah, so. I, agree. I I still think they should do it though. Yeah, maybe they should get one. I mean, we did get the bubble. That was kind of like a special thing that Edmonton got, but. It's not really that. I mean, raw. personally, I think an All Star game in Edmonton would be better than an All Star game in like the in Florida, like they had. I think was it last year or two years ago. Yeah, not that, not that fun. Not that raw. Uh, we can do uh, if you want to talk about Embiid. I know. Well, it was very disappointing. I was actually super high. I texted Phil the day before, or, or maybe the day of. Yeah, I was like, NBA is gonna be raw today. Um, I it, you know they had uh, Clippers, Celtics, Heat, Knicks. And then I think the the prime matchup was uh, Nuggets uh, Nuggets Sixers. And then I saw that Harris and Maxi were questionable, and they eventually got uh, downgraded to out. 
Um, but Embiid wasn't even on the injury report, so I was like, sick. All I want is Embiid at least, because um, he's so good that, uh, you know, even without Maxi and Harris, I expect him to have a big game. Um, and then he goes from like completely active, not even listed on the injury report, to um, out in a ma- in like a matter of like ten minutes. Yeah, which was really disappointing. That's an automatic uh, fine, I think. I think the six. I think I think it is. I think that's what that. Malone was saying too. He was like, "I've never seen that before, where you can just do that." Um, so it was it was disappointing. Um, just because he hasn't played a game in Denver since 2019, so. Yeah, I mean, you can you can say that. Oh, the medical staff—they did their job, and and Bede is um, looking out for his health and everything. But it's kind of hard to back that up when, like I said last week, you're playing—you're making sure you're playing Charlotte and San Antonio every time they every time you guys play them, and yeah. some of these other teams. Um, you know, so like maybe we could have sat out the other two matches before we came to Denver. Like, I, I don't know, man. This is kind of a circle on your calendar type match where I'm like, you know what? I want to be right for this one. National television, like everything. Um, So pretty disappointing. Yeah. Uh, and not to mention that he said to Jokic two weeks ago, see you in two weeks. Not to mention that. And it was on film yep. and documented. And also, look, you miss the game because you're injured. That's one thing. Not going out on the bench. For the to watch the game until the last three minutes and watching in the back, I don't know why you would duck the game, but clearly like some kind of competitive bone in his body is disconnected. If you're just like that, sure you're not the, playing in Denver. The 76ers fans were in such shambles too. It was so heat. So that was a Saturday game. They were like, no, 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 like. Um, you could see in the third quarter when they played the Pacers on Tuesday, he like tweaked his knee. Huh? <laughs> then why didn't he not sit out the other two games they like ended up playing before this game? <laughs> like, what are you guys talking about? It's getting pretty annoying. I can't believe you're that scared to play. You know? Well, that's how it comes across. That's how it comes out, man. I don't care. You got everyone can say whatever they want, but that's how it looks. So yeah. I'm with you. And he obviously, look, he is having the greatest scoring season in NBA history. Now, we can talk about that too, but he is the only player ever right now, aside from 1962, Wilt, to average more points per game than minutes played. However you spin it, that's impressive. Now, he's not going to be in the MVP race because he's already missed 11 games. And by the way, I think 10 of those games were against playoff teams of the 11 that he's missed. So he's showed up for to play all the bad teams, but when he gets a good team, he wants to keep his stats up. That's how it comes across. That's fine. But the scoring thing is... Luca got 73 on Friday. Booker got 62. This is on the heels of the town 62 and the Embiid 70 on Monday. I think the defense, look, Alex, you said the other week that defense needs to be rewarded more. I'm watching these games. I'm watching the Spurs most nights. We, I see plays frequently in these games where defenders and the offensive players, their foot touch and the offensive player falls over and it's a foul on the defensive guy. It's like, how can you say who is more at fault for feet touching? Like, why is that a whistle automatically and an off and a defensive foul? Like, it, it, it's worth it to if, what what Alex said is true. It's worth it for these guys to just not play defense at this point because you're going to get fouls and you're going to check out. Anytime somebody tries to guard somebody hard, they're they're not going to get the benefit of the doubt from the officials. And I just I know Owen's got an issue with it too, where it's like this scoring is going up and they got to find a way to kick it back down because clearly there's a problem. There, that's so that's one way you can address it. I think is like you either need to change the way you call fouls. Or maybe you could remove the foul limit 
I'm not sure what implications that might have, but that's something you could consider. Um, because yeah, I think the product's just worse. I mean, everybody, you want to see, like, it's nice to see scoring for sure, but I think it's, you like to see like the comp, the competitive aspect of the game where you see really good defender go against a really good offensive player and those the battles on each end of the floor. So I think it's in the league's best interest to, to make defense more valuable. And like I've been saying, legalize like hand checking or something, like just allow more physical defense. But I don't know. I don't know if they'll do that. It's it's getting a bit ridiculous. So maybe maybe some people will start. Maybe a few a few more seventy point games from now, people might start to realize that. Yeah, maybe when somebody uh, breaks eighty one, that'll be the. Well, I was gonna say thing. it's not out of the question that that happens this year. Oh, I wouldn't be I, surprised at all. I hope it does because then people are going to be like, oh, I guess Kobe's like 81 isn't that special anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's it, 81 was special and now you got guys scoring 70, 75 easy. They could easily score more like Phil said. Um, so I, I personally really want to see some defense being rewarded. I want to see lower scoring games. Maybe I sound like a boomer, but. You know, everyone's so impressed with the Pacers scoring 160. It's like, yeah, because they're like almost like cherry picking. Like they play like four on five defense, dude, how much they don't care. Um, They just like run the ball in transition and it's like, okay, sick. Like you're good on offense, but man, it's uh, it's pretty disappointing to see. Or when the or when the offensive player completely initiates the contact. Yeah. And it's like, what? Where's the de- defensive player supposed to go? Oh, we oh, get a lot where? of those. Where we do you want him to go? What those. do you want him to do? As somebody that plays defense, like I play basketball quite a bit, <sighs> that's my least favorite thing of all time. Is like when you're playing, you're sliding with somebody, and then you jump in the air, and they initiate the contact, and because they initiate the contact, you get moved back, and your hands go over, yeah. and then you end up fouling them. Yeah. It's just such a uh, man, but Owen, I, even the amount of times that the guys jump straight up vertically, dude, and they don't even yeah. have their hands over the guy, and it's still a foul because oh, the offensive player's shoulder touched your chest. It's a foul. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. No, this is the stuff that's got to go. And there's plays like look, I saw one the other night. Towns got a spur guy up in the air, and he elbowed him in the face, and it's like, oh, contact foul. It's like. I don't even know how you can call that a foul. He's going up straight back. Both arms are directly in the air, and you see it multiple times a game in, in every game where it's like these guys, there's nothing they can do, and obviously there's guys who cheat it. Like Embiid, when he gets you up, he's going into you, and it's like those are the type of ones that I want to see completely eradicated. Like, yes, it's a foul, but it's only a foul because he's choosing to alter what he's doing to go up into the guy who's already made his move. Like, that's the type of stuff that just needs to go. And low key, like I'm not saying all some of these boomers, like who had that like crazy Giannis take that he would be a role player. Oh, Charles Oakley, night. Charles Oakley. Okay, like that was very heat. But honestly, <laughs> I'm starting to think some of these boomers have a point because <laughs> no, because what they're saying is, oh, it was so much heart. Like it actually looks like it was because these guys, the amount of like calls that go their way and some of the usage they get during these games and stuff is is pretty crazy. So I'd like to dial it back like 10, 15 years in, in terms of how, how we're calling some of these games. Yeah. And I also think you got to, again, it uh, like it's probably never going to happen, but if you shorten, you got to shorten the season too, because there's, you know, deep playing physical defense takes a toll on your body. 
And so I think people are disincentivized from playing physical defense because you got to last 82 games. That's why in the playoffs, even in this era, scoring tends to go down by whatever, you know, by a little bit at least. So people play tougher defense when there's more stakes. Yeah, I agree with that. And honestly, and seeing how much scoring is taken over, it makes me respect these guys like Gobert who actually like try to make a bread and butter on defense, even in the regular season where it's like, I know this isn't worth it. I know I'm at risk of fouling out pretty much every time I play, but I'm going to do it anyway. This is how I make my impact. Like I, I got to take my hat off to those guys for in this era, sticking up and doing that. And I feel like the NBA, I said this the other day to somebody, but I feel like it goes in waves. Like 2008 to like 2016, 17 NBA was as elite as you can get. I feel like we're in an age right now where the rules have yet to adapt to where the game is at, where it's like maybe we could take out the corner three and just bring the line back, try to make it a little more tight for the twos. Maybe we can move the line back in general. Maybe we can do the hand checking again, but the scoring is just going up too high. And I honestly... The other thing is, look, we need to expand here. Like the teams are way too talented. Obviously, these guys can score, but the fact that guys can come on the bench and produce as well as the starters on a lot of these playoff teams, like we need to be at 34 teams and the scoring would go down automatically. We just need less qualified people playing more minutes if we want to go back to the way we were at. And the NBA doesn't want to expand because they want to give the Vegas team to LeBron. They're waiting for LeBron to retire. I think that's a sad way to go about it. Like you just. You got to expand, man. There's there's no excuse anymore. We're going on year five of an influx of talent on every team. Yeah. Let's get the surge in the NBA. <laughs> Raw the surge. The Abacus. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. Love it. It's, uh, well, we also got to talk about one more thing before we go. And uh, listen, this is not a politics podcast, and I'm not going to talk about politics, but... I do want to make it very clear that we have a video of the year candidate and it's Justin Trudeau clapping at the BWHL game. It was one of the most spectacular videos I've ever seen. I need to make sure everybody watches this video. I know Alex was equally amazed by it and I just, I watched it like 10 times and then I kept watching it throughout the day and I knew Alex felt the same because he sent it once and then he replied to it the next day and said, still want to talk about this, et cetera, et cetera. So <laughs> you go ahead and get your bite out of the apple, man. Go ahead and get bat first. I thought I thought it was one of the most ludicrous videos I've ever seen. Like how much how more how much more fake can you get? Because that was an all time this is so fake. Like the clapping was a joke. And that was one of those I, I kind of talked about it in the group chat. One of those like like you watch way too many movies, man. Like that's one of those. Oh, I saw that in a movie one time. This one guy clap really hard, so I kind of want to emulate that. That's uh, that's like one of those you know, underdog uh, comeback movies where uh, you know the the guy that was doubted uh, his whole life yeah, uh, ends up ripping a ninety yard touchdown, and and then the reason I sent it back again was because upon further investigation, his he like almost like claps his daughter's ear off. Um, yeah. she kind of like like kind of like sh- shoves her head away and i was like whoa like what are you doing oh dude she uh, was getting shrapnel yeah it was like that must have been super you know distracting and and she, annoying she looks at him like what are you doing like that's the type of look she's giving him and the thing about this is and i said this to you alex there's no excuse in life for clapping like that it, you wouldn't clap like that in the delivery room 
That's it. That is not no. a clap that you is socially acceptable in public. And it's an all time phony move because like I said, nothing in life is acceptable to clap like that, let alone and no disrespect to the PWHL, but let alone the second period of a PWHL game between Ottawa and Minnesota. Nothing is bringing you to clap like that at that event. And it's such a, I mean, I thought the video was sped up the first time I saw it. I was shocked that it was actually like, a real life event because it's just so out of the ordinary. I was absolutely stunned. I mean, nothing could surprise me with this guy. He's an odd guy, but that is an all time video. Yeah. And, and the other thing I want to note about it is at the start, he's kind of got this like just obnoxious grin on his face. And and then he sort of starts at a, it's a quick <laughs> pace, but maybe not out of control. And then I think he starts to, uh, for something comes over him and he decides he needs to pick up the tempo a little bit. And you can see him, like, the smile goes away and he, like, clenches his jaw and his eyes get real, like, focused because he's, like, putting all his energy into, like, speeding up the tempo and, like, speeding up the velocity with which he's clapping his hands. Um, and then he eventually goes back to smiling. But, uh, you know, he was, he was giving it all, everything he, he could. He's got the Gatorade cup over his head after that clap, for sure. <laughs> yeah it uh all i ask for is some authenticity well that's are the you thing saying he doesn't he's... clap like that if the camera's not on him <laughs> nope he's got a little nope. bit of jason kelsey he's now. a very when the camera's on me let me put on a show kind of yeah. guy my interaction with justin trudeau once is i was at this thing maybe when he was like first elected and he was coming down this platform. So I was standing near the platform and I stuck my hand out. He was shaking hands with everybody coming down and I couldn't have been 13 or 14 years old at the time. I was right around that age and he shook hands with me, looked me in the eyes and his brain like short circuited. And he was like, and how are you good, sir? And I was like, I'm 13, dude. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know where good, I am sir. right now. Yeah. Like it was a bogus move. So, I know, but these politicians, man, that's what the way they are. They don't, they're all time when the cameras are on guys. Like the one I always think of is the Jeb Bush when, when he was giving his speech and then he just built in, like when he was rehearsing that they would clap after. So he said, please clap. And then they, everybody started to clap because they're just like their ultimate on schedule clockwork guys. If, and their brain short circuits when you ask them to act on the spot. Unreal. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so unreal. So yeah, we'll be back with Anatomy of a Fall. Anatomy of a Fall. Let's go. I'm very excited for movies to be back. I'm so excited, yeah. So we got, I think this is the plan for the people. No midweek show this week. Back on Sunday night next week, Monday morning. Then we got to do one in the middle of the week to do our Super Bowl props. Then the Super Bowl show. And then once a week until football. So the off-season schedule is almost back. Exciting times. That's good. I'm Love loving it. it. I'm loving it. So good times ahead. Yeah. 10 for today. 10. 10. Wow. I thought we had a hold. We for a second. I thought we weren't getting one. Yeah. I thought we, <laughs> we got a submission. But yeah, we'll be back next week at this same time. So yeah, Anatomy of a Fall. People go watch it. And yeah, have a good week, everybody. Talk to you then.